Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch new episodes of Grey's Anatomy Thursdays at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Los Angeles 2022. Welcome to Out on the Lanai, the only Golden Girls podcast you're ever going to need to listen to. I, me, myself, and I am H. Allen Scott slash Sadie Pines. And I'm Carrie Doherty. And this is a podcast where we used to watch an episode of the Golden Girls and talk about it, but we ran out of episodes and we broke down all those fantastic, I mean, they were fantastic, Carrie, weren't they? 24 episodes of the Golden Palace, but we ran out of those too. So now we do whatever the hell we want. That's right. And today, well, first off, you sound keeping great. Keeping up with you sound great. Oh, thank You're you. Back to normal. I'm, I Carrie is back to got normal. My computer everyone, back. she's no longer yes, in a little they, box on a phone. Yes, they cleaned the fire extinguisher dust out of my computer. Actually, I think they just replaced the port. So I'm back. I have my Yeti microphone. I feel great. I feel whole, um, especially because today we're doing another. <laughs> Beyond Golden Girls episode, like we told you guys, Holiday we're covering Eve. the many, yes, the many film and TV projects that B. Bedaru and Estelle did outside of the Golden Girls during the course of their careers. And keeping with our December holiday themed projects, we're talking about a Rue McClanahan project called Nuncrackers, which is a 2001 made-for-TV variety show, which was a spinoff of a series of TV movies based on a Broadway show that was based on a series of greeting cards. Oi. Oi. So many now, layers to how this thing got made. <laughs> so we can tell the journey of how we, we got to where we got to. I'm going to tell the journey of how yes. we got here. So we're going through the projects of the different women on their IMDb pages. And, and I are texting we each found other back and forth. Like, texting, what about this? What about this? What about this? Yeah. Yes. And Allen, you had texted me this 1995 TV movie called A Holiday to Remember with Randy Travis and Rue McClanahan. And I was like, okay, that's the one we're going to do. I found it on YouTube. I start scrubbing through it. It just seems like a a boring old drama and yeah. Rue just kind of plays a grandmother. And I was like, eh, this feels like it's not going to be fun to talk about. So I went on Rue's IMDb page and I said, let me see if there's anything else Christmas themed. Yeah. And lo and behold, mm-hmm. I come across this title called Nuncrackers. Wow. And it's Christmas themed. And there's Rue dressed up like a nun and it looks really fun. And I was like, you know what? Let's watch this instead. And then we did. And now you're probably regretting that decision. Not regretting. I won't say regretting. It wasn't a bad watch. It just, I have so many questions about who this series of variety shows slash plays slash musicals are for. Like, I don't know who they're for. 
I I really wanted to like this. I really I gave it the old college try. I, mean, I tried to pump myself up. I back as a nun. Like what could go wrong? I know. I yeah. know. So yeah. to me, and we'll get into what it's about and everything, but just to get we I feel like we really got to get our feelings out at the top here cuz you and I have not I just texted you and I said, "Have you watched it?" and you said, Yes, I have. And That's literally, I was like, I know we're going to have a lot yeah, to talk yes. about. There was no so We just, we got to get our, yeah. yeah, like, so let, before we get in, let's just get the, these gut check reaction oh. emotions out. Like, okay, I wanna, you go, I, go first. I, I, well, I want, I want to just sort of, I don't know how to, <laughs> I want to like specify that like Rue McClanahan outside of television was very much a theater actress. That's, that's how she got her start. She was theater through and through that is her love and even after the golden girls especially in the in the 2000s she was on broadway and off broadway quite a bit she lived in new york so she loved theater so much very much that's probably what her and and um b arthur had in common was how much they loved theater and how they got their start in theater and so I get why rue would do this this whole sort of like comedy musical thing is she had she did wicked in in the 2000s i mean she was in the theater community and even the off-broadway theater community she did other productions that weren't necessarily broadway productions and so and this was very much an off-broadway production i'm assuming special or whatever it was because in new york for anyone who has never lived in new york city there's broadway and then there's these sort of like themed off-broadway shows that like are kind of like, you know, like my big fat Italian family craziness. Like they're, they're sometimes themed to sort of like cultural things that like are meant for tourists who don't want to pay the tickets for like the big Broadway shows. So they go to these like off-Broadway shows that are kind of not as good. And I feel like this series of sort of non musicals that happened were in that variety of off-Broadway content for people who probably were a little lost with what to watch on Broadway. You know what I mean? Mm hmm. I got That's that. Interesting. Vibe. I got that vibe from so it. those that was your gut check emotional reaction was you, you immediately needed to know why. And 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 this yeah. was your way of processing the why of it all. Well, why it's good. That's yeah. why it exists. My thoughts about this. So first of all, it kind of felt like junior high school kids putting on a show yeah um it it also kind of felt like something my parents would have had on in the background yeah on the tv while hosting like a christmas game night with their friends and they just like wanted the kids to be occupied by something mm -hmm. holiday themed like mm -hmm. i feel like i probably would have liked this if i saw it as a child yeah um i also thought it was like 40 minutes too long. This thing was an hour and 46 minutes or something insane. I did like the second half of it better than the first half. Um, but I was just, I, I had, I, I can't eat. I can't like, Oh, okay. All right. Well, I'm going to tell everybody what it is now. Wait, but before, before we even get into what it is, I do want to say that this, as you said at the beginning, this is like a version of, something that actually was and legitimately it was a funny show um called nonsense i remember i posted a clip from nonsense i watched nonsense before and that was what mm -hmm. this is all these characters are all based on and that was the 1985 musical that was like written from the greeting cards that then 
became like an off off Broadway sort of like sensation and it was funny and it kind of played on this like idea of like these nuns kind of being not inappropriate but like tongue-in-cheek you know what I mean like New York nuns that had to deal with like New York life and reality and stuff so they were cool and hip and fun nuns and uh B. Arthur starred in the the television musical that they made the adaptation of nonsense which was really funny and that's the clip i posted years ago or maybe earlier this year i forget and it then spawned all these sequels and specials and stuff which is what nuncrackers is and it is nonsense is good nonsense is funny yes silly and like whatever mm -hmm. nuncrackers gets lost somewhere so while we're on this so yes so yes like you said it was an off-Broadway show um, and then it was adapted for TV starring Rue McClanahan so there was the first one Nonsense in 1993 then there was in 1994 Nonsense 2 the sequel and then in 1998 Nonsense Jamboree and then finally in 2001 Nuncrackers which I was blown away when I discovered that this came out in 2001 because I was like this feels like an early 90s doesn't it even, even the thing. video quality. It did quality. not feel like 2001. Even the video quality. I was like, this is right after September 11. Like, literally, I was like, I see footage of September 11, and I'm like, oh, that looks like, you know, within the past 20 years. This does not look like within the past 20 Everything years. about it just felt like it came out, like, in the 80s. Yeah. Um. So what Nuncrackers is, everyone, it's songs and skits and monologues and puppets and pre-taped segments with musical theater actors. Like, it, it's, it, it, you know, it's something you'd, like, sit down and watch with the whole family. Um, I... It, it's about, a, you know, a, a bunch of nuns um, who... So... It's about a bunch of nuns from <laughs> Mount St. Helens, from Mount St. Helens school. And they're doing a tape. They're taping a live show for cable access TV, this like variety hour. It's shot in a basement. Um, it's so reminded me of Blanche and Rose trying to raise money to save the lighthouse yes. call five, five, five easy. Yeah. Um, and they're the, the, they're putting on this show because one of the nuns won publisher's clearing house and this is what she wanted to do with the money um so i've got so many notes i'm just okay i'm gonna keep going here um there you know there are a lot of there's a lot of cute and fun mishaps during the play so there's like the actual production that the nuns are putting on and then when they kind of call time out and you see their like the real lives yeah. like all the mayhem going on. Um, this production was actually shot on a stage in front of a small audience. And yeah. what I actually really liked about this is that the audience that's there for the show, they're, they, they're supposed to be the cable TV access yeah. show audience. And they participate, so, which, is, which is indicative of this sort of off-Broadway culture, almost dinner theater type, even though there's no dinner. It's almost dinner theater in that like, the actors are interacting with the audience in a very literal yes. way. Yes. Um, so, um, oh, by the way, if anybody wants to watch this, I think the only way you can watch this is to sign up for a seven day free trial of Broadway HD, which or, you can do through Amazon. Just sign up for Broadway HD. If you enjoy Broadway that much, you can keep it's eight ninety nine a month, I believe, or seven ninety nine, or whatever it was. Not that's sponsored. the responsible thing to do. I'm not, not I'm not, <laughs> we're not sponsoring. I'm not going to, I fully support the theater. We should be supporting the theater. The well, I don't know if that's the theater. That might thing. just be a corporate company 
benefiting off theater. So we don't know what this this platform is. Then fine, just do, it, then do your free trial. Yes, yeah. Um, so, um, okay, so that's what it's about. The cast, um, it's, you know, a handful of nuns, one father. Uh, there are four kids who won a local talent contest, two are played by adults, two are played by actual children. The sort of set on the stage, it's like Christmas in the town center, sort of what yeah. it looks like. Um, and Rue McClanahan plays. Do you know, do you know if, it, if it ever said a year? Was I, it modern day or did was it? Because it looked like the I ass- looked like they well, were dressed like here's the, the 60s. Thing. I assume it's modern day because there were modern day references. But then they had a whole cooking segment where the priest was playing Julia Child. So I'm like, I, yeah. I, 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 what year is this? I, it, 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 that's why it was so was it baffling. The there, there was some. Does it also give you the vibe that like this? These greeting cards came out, and then Sister Act came out in 1992, and they were like, "Wow, nuns are hot!" And then all of a sudden, in '93, this nonsense show becomes like a big Broadway, off Broadway hit or whatever. Like, I feel like they're just like, "Well, nuns are funny now. Let's just milk this for all it's worth." That's kind of the vibe. That I yeah, got. maybe, and like. And yeah, and it really does. It again, it fe- it feels like a kind of like a Chris. It, it feels like a play. It does feel like a play. First and foremost, yeah, it feels like a play. Very much. But I so. do like the audience interaction which part. Is, it reminds me of a show. It reminds you what show? Oh, it re- it reminds me of a show which I know they've had it in other cities, but I saw it in Boston called Sheer Madness. Yeah, which is it's it's a murder mystery show that takes place in a hair salon, and the audience is part of it because they're trying to solve the crime um so i i really did like that they you know interacted with the audience especially because i don't know about you but i was obsessed with sister mary paul aka sister mary amnesia yes who was this actor she i went on her imdb page i was surprised she didn't do voiceover work because she sounds like a simpsons character yeah i love rue mcclanahan but sister mary amnesia was the star of she the really show did. i agree she had an amazing voice she was so funny she did lots of shouty singing she yeah. yodeled like she was yeah. like a dina menzel meets jewel i was obsessed with meets her jewel i do love i will say before we go probably very hard on this this very just fine production of a of a holiday special i will say rue is great rue is fun rue is silly rue is living her i mean this was in the last 10 years of her life so she was working almost right until the end i mean she really she she's just she she gives you the rue that you kind of maybe don't want but you're like oh it's just so good to have and i will say too Mm -hmm. there is like a vibe that i got from it a nostalgic vibe that I got from it of sort of like, you know, having left home for the first time or maybe going home as sort of like a single, unattached, no children person. And I have these nieces and nephews and they're old enough to be in like a holiday production or something. And I come back from the big city, either New York or LA or wherever I'm coming from. And I have to go to my niece's like fifth grade holiday production. And I have to sit there through the whole two hour thing at night in the gymnasium and that is kind of what i felt watching this i felt i felt exactly the same you know what i mean and in a weird way i felt i felt both annoyed bored entertained and like like a nostalgic hug all at the same time all of the emotions that's christmas that's the holiday (laughs) 
I'm, I'm totally with you. I'm the same way. It was like, I felt the same way. I felt like I buttoned up a big warm coat, got in a freezing car, had to sit and let it defrost, drove to the school gymnasium, bought my ticket at the thing, got a hot cup of cocoa, went into the auditorium and watched yes. my, my town put on the school Christmas play. It, yes. And I think because it was shot like that too. And when we were in high school, like I used to intern at the cable access studio at my school and that's what our videos looked like. Yeah. Oh, we'll talk about it. It was Carver community access TV. <laughs> I made videos. I'm We'll talk about, we'll talk about that another day. I have always day. wanted my own cable access television show. I used to do in New, in Long Island, I think it was a Long Island cable access. I forget, but they used to have me come out and do like comedy bits. Like when I was first starting That's out amazing. and I was like, I'll do it. And I came out, it was some gay show and I came out and I did it. And I look back at the videos now because the guy who ran it still posts videos from it. And I'm like, dude, these videos are like 20 years old. You got to stop posting them. Like, they're not funny. And he does. And I look at it and I'm, A, I'm really thin. But also, B, I'm like, whoa, whoa, comedy. Wow. It evolves. <laughs> yeah. And when you go back, I, yeah. okay, I'll just say real quickly. The one of the videos I made just talking about how things that age or don't, don't age well I, so I'm going to, I mean, you guys all know how old I am, but when I was in high school, like split, like, first of all, my cable access studio was linear deck to deck editing, meaning it was not avid. It was not final cut. It was, you literally are editing on a VHS tape and yeah, you have the spinny things and you can't do really precise edits, but I did have the technology on this like mothership board thing, Uh motherboard to do split screen editing. Ooh. And when I was in high school, the movie Multiplicity had come out, the beautiful, gorgeous movie I've talked about on this podcast before with um, Andy McDowell and Michael Keaton, where he plays like five, four different characters. Yes. And I was like, I'm going to do that. I'm going to write a skit and I'm going to have one actor play a bunch of different characters like in Multiplicity. So I use split screen. I use body doubles horribly, horribly. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it is a really embarrassing um I don't even want to call it a short a sketch that I made. I'll barely call it a sketch. It's just about a guy and he's got a roommate and he's crazy. And then at the end, he squeezes a banana. And then my the principal wouldn't let me show it on our morning show because she said it was too phallic because he squeezed <gasps> a banana. So she made me cut the shot out and I got really angry. I would. And, but I did it anyway. And But I was like, oh, I just whatever for my art. Um. Anyway, I feel like we have a lot to talk about. Yeah, we do. So I think that we should take a break and then dive right. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. So Rue McClanahan in this production plays Reverend Reverend Mother Mary Regina, who Mother Superior, basic Mother Superior. 
Yes. She's mother superior. She's, she's the mother superior in everything. She's the mother superior in sister act. She's, you know, she's uptight. She's rigid. She's very strict. She's by the rules, but like every once in a while, you're kind of able to get like a little glimpse of like a fun and naughty woman, but like not enough for me to feel like, Oh, that's Blanche. Yeah. Um, Never Blanche. It's not going to be Blanche for you. Not going to be Blanche. So, um, before so she her entrance of course she got like a big studio audience applause which was really really great um as big as i wanted it to be i have to admit i wanted it was a small i wanted them i don't care if rue frankly if any of the girls and or primary supporting characters appear in any situation be it whole foods a theater or starbucks you stop what you're doing and you stand and you clap that's what you do. It looked like the audience maybe stood when she came out. It was hard to tell because the shots were really tight of the audience. But I was like, are they standing? They better be standing. She's better... a living legend. Yes. Um. So throughout this whole show, you know, Mother Superior, she really just wants this show to go off well. And like things are happening left and right. You know, nuns are falling and getting hurt. Um. She's got, you know sister amnesia who's basically the rose island of the show yeah. <laughs> who's constantly just getting things wrong and, and and saying the wrong things they do this running bit with her where um she keeps misinterpreting popular lines of christmas songs in her visual representation in the school production so in the you know here we go a waffling she has all the kids march out but they're holding waffles because she thinks they say here we go a waffling yeah which I don't want to I don't want to say it was a stolen bit but yeah. if you remember there was like a claymation Christmas special in like the eighties mm. um and they do that exact bit anyway I mean it's but I don't know it's it, anybody <laughs> anybody could have come up with that idea and been like oh that could be a fun character thing to do. Um, you know, so she, she does that. There's like Ivy and something and the kids have ivory soap instead of the yeah. Ivy. She sings like two certain poor leopards instead of shepherds. The kids are holding leopards. It's a whole thing, but she is the Rosen Island. She's very funny. Yeah. Um, and her voice. All of the nuns are fun, to be honest. I enjoyed all of the nuns. It's just the stories just what kind of crazy, but I love all of the nuns. I loved all the nuns. I loved the singing, especially in the second half when the nuns, the musical theater nuns really started getting some amazing musical numbers. I was like, oh, I'm feeling it. I am feeling the Christmas Jesus spirit, whatever you're trying to love. Like one played the trumpet. Did you love that? This reminded me of every single high school musical production I ever did of anything, every high school play, anything that the band was sitting on top of this, like the set, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. they were worked into the set sort of hidden back there. And it was like, mm-hmm. this reminds me of a high school production. And that is what gave me that sort of like mm, huggy feeling of Christmas back home sort of moments of like, I really can watch yes. a high school production. Yep. Mm-hmm. Our live band. So our stage was not a theater stage. It was a large stage meant to accompany like giant choirs, big, big, big things. So we always, we always had such a hard time filling our stage. It always looked, our productions, our sets always looked so tiny because our stage was so big. But so the, 
the band would always play for our musical productions. They were always like floor level in front of the studio, in front of the audience, mm -hmm. um, because then the stage was raised up. Um, but there is to just go back to Sister Amnesia, the Rosen Island of the show. Um, there's a really fun uh, scene with her and Rue kind of toward the beginning. Um, and you sort of can get a sense of their dynamic throughout the whole production. But I think you have that yet. So we're going to play it. Sister Mary Leo is going to dance in Mount St. Helens own adaptation of the What did you just say? Sister Mary Leo is going to dance in the ball breaker. Who told you that amnesia? Sister Robert Ann? The name of the ballet sister is the Nutcracker. The Nutcracker. Good. Robert Dan, I'm going to throttle you. <laughs> so I, as someone who was raised Catholic, I never went to Catholic school, but I did do like CCD, my first communion, the confirmation, all that bullshit. I, she came out with like a clicker, like that you would oh, yeah. like that. Cause she comes out with a click, 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 click. And I'm assuming that some kind of disciplinarian thing that nuns would use. It just reminded me of like what you click for, like when a dog does well and you, they do like a good, I have a good a sit question. and then you give them a treat. I have a question about nuns and Catholicism in general. Cause I, I, everyone knows I'm not Catholic and I have no experience with Catholicism. All my father was Catholic, but not ever practicing. Um, are nuns scary? Because like I have never, people have told me that they are afraid of nuns and priests. I get why they're afraid of priests. I mean, we don't need to go down that road. But I have always looked at a nun and I'm like, oh, God, not only are they style icons, but like how cool. They're like basically walking Diane Keatons in a way. They're covered head to toe and they have decided to make a bold decision to not need a man in their life. Yeah, they're the Diane Keatons and shares of yeah. of yeah of womanhood. Although um, shares entertain the younger gentlemen, whereas Diane Keaton's like, no, I'm going to adopt a kid at sixty. <laughs> oh, then yeah, more like Diane Keaton. Um, if from from my own, I I feel like it's I don't know. I feel like yeah, the stereotypical thing is that, and maybe it's more people of a certain age who went to Catholic school where the nuns were the teachers, where they were a little bit more strict. Mm -hmm. I've heard those types of stories. Yeah. Um, but where I grew up, we had one nun. We had one father, one nun. Her That's name it. was Sister Mary Elizabeth. Yeah, she was like four foot ten. Aww. She was this tiny little frail, sweet woman. So sweet, so nice. Her skin was made of paper. She was so frail. I was so worried I was going to break her finger bones anytime she went to hold my hand. Um, that's the only experience I have with nuns. So, and then the anything I learned from watching Sister Act. The only experience I have with nuns is I have the, I, there was this one nun who used to volunteer when I worked at AIDS Walk years ago in New York. There was this one nun who used to come and volunteer and she would wear sort of like what the one nun wore in Sister Act, who was the redhead who didn't have to wear the full like thing. Mm -hmm. Ham, what is it called? A hammock or the habit? The habit, habit. Yeah. <laughs> the hammock. She's sleeping in it and wearing it at the same time. Um, and and she would wear like this. I was she was cool. And then the other nun that I had in my life 
was this the nuns here in Los Angeles who make the banana bread in Hollywood. There's this like not monastery or whatever, but they're they've taken a vow of silence. And all they do is like live in this area of Hollywood and they have and like a convent kind of. Yeah. And they're, they just pray and live in silence, but they make really good <laughs> pumpkin and banana bread and they sell it in their little like convent shop or whatever. And it's the, it's my go-to when I don't make my own pumpkin and banana bread, I go to them to buy my pumpkin and banana bread because it's just so delicious. Wow, I didn't know this. I'll have to check it out. I'll bring you some. Um, so one thing, you know me, like I, I always have like my logistical things about um, these things. So this is supposed to be a live tape, like a live show, like yeah. the way that the Save the Lighthouse thing was live. There's a sign that comes on that says live on the air. And then when they need to, when something bad happens, they say like, cut the feed, cut the feed. And then the light shuts off and they're no yeah. longer live. I assume they cut the commercials. But there's a running bit throughout this whole show where Rue McClanahan's going like, stop the tape. And she's like, we'll fix it in the edit. Yeah. And I'm like, what are you editing if this is a live broadcast? Yeah. yeah. I feel anyway, like it was a question that I had. That there's a lot of holes. In this. There was a, it was just a question that I had. Um, but like, I'm trying to think of the best way to describe this show. Like, so it's a variety so, show. Yes, it's a you, holiday you, variety show. Yeah, it's a holiday variety show. It's like it's almost hard for me to wrap my brain around and discussing do, all but, the different parts because really, it's not. If you really think about it, when do variety shows ever make sense? They really don't. I guess. I mean, but there was some. There was a. There was a story. There was a narrative yeah. story about the women trying to put on this show, but like people kept getting hurt, and then like they're just. I don't know. They like then like their Christmas presents get stolen See, or something. I don't know. That's what's so indicative of these type of shows in New York, these off-Broadway shows. Their intent isn't necessarily to tell you this like Les Miserables sort of like big musical story. You know what I mean? Their intent is to entertain you for two hours. The the things don't necessarily have to connect in the end because it's all just mayhem and silliness. It's like it's kind of like what in a weird way, I kind of liken it to vaudeville. You know what I mean? Where it's just sort of like, mm -hmm. it's just a silly two hours of of stage work. And don't question the direction or the story. <laughs> sure. I guess another part that I really, really liked was, and, and it comes to like, with like the audience interaction was, so at some point, the nun who's supposed to play the sugar plum fairy, she gets hurt doing a dance number. So they stop the show. And Mother Superior is like, Sister Amnesia, go out and do Secret Santa with the audience. And I wish I had asked you to pull a clip for this, but I only had you pull Rue clips because that's really what we're here for. But yeah, if you do decide to watch Nuncrackers, she, this actor, and I wrote down her name and now I can't find it, but she goes into the audience. She's doing crowd work. She's yeah. singing. She's dancing. She's improvising. She's Brooklyn one, right? She's doing. The one? the one who is like. No, not that. This is Sister no, this is Sister Amnesia, the one that was just oh. in the scene with ball breakers. Um, so like she goes to the first audience's the audience member's name and she's like, you know, what's what's your name? And he's like, Christian. And she's like, Are you? And I was like, Oh my God, that's so great and so funny. And then the next person she went to, she's like, Okay, and what's your name? And these were like just gen like genuine audience members. 
and the woman said Mary and she made a face, but I was kind of half expecting her to be like, are you no. <laughs> like, are you a virgin? I yeah. was like, that's what I would have done. But she was on the spot and she was wearing a hot stuffy habit. So I have to give it to her. The The presents that she's giving out in the scene made me laugh. There yeah. was like a 10 commandments sticker. And she's like, the great thing is if you don't like one of the commandments, you can just rip it off. And like her <laughs> delivery, she was so funny. There was a card written in Polish, like a scratch and sniff nativity scene. Um, I have to tell you. She reveals. Go ahead. Uh-huh. What does she reveal? You, oh, the- she reveals that Mother Mother Superior has a scratch and sniff of sticker of Tony Bennett, which I was like, oh, now that feels like a Blanche Devereaux move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I have to tell you. So last week I had a holiday show. Sadie Pines, I should say, had a holiday show. And uh, and. One of the things we did in the show, because like, I don't know. I mean, even as a Mormon, when I was younger, the whole like Jesus story was very lost on me. I didn't, I, that's not really what I understand. And anyway, um, we wrote this little bit, which the things that were happening, like when they were doing the whole like Mary and the, the religious jokes that they were doing, I was thinking back to my show when we did the bit, we did the birth of Jesus where I played Mary giving birth to Jesus and our go-go boy played Joseph. And I wrote this, it was like all voiceover. So it was just me doing voiceover work with the, my little sort of like drag partner on the ground. She was Jesus basically. And so I'm giving birth to Jesus and we drop this like sheet and Jesus is born. And then we do this whole bit about like, you know, Mary and Joseph did not have sex to have Jesus at all. And it's this whole, like Joseph's really sad about like, not being the father of Jesus and stuff, which I still don't understand. Like, how how bummed do you think Joseph actually was? Because like that's that's gonna be hard to find out that your 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 wife is having another man's baby. Oh uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> I mean, like the literally I guess that's unless, all I think unless about. Unless you feel that's, really special, yeah, that's a that's good way. All I yeah. think about mm-hmm. is like Joseph must have felt like like. You know, not in the good sense, but like when on Maury, when they said you're not the father, it's like Joseph is forever not the father, but he like tried. Like he brought her to a manger. He did his best. Give him something. I mean, yeah, he stuck by her side, even though he wasn't Jesus's dad. He was like, hey, I'm going to get you to this. I'm going to try to get you somewhere, even though people are turning us away. I'm going to get you somewhere. Yeah, he wasn't the father, but he was the dad. Yeah, which is kind of great, but at the same time, Mary, no. Just <laughs> go ahead, take a sip, take a sip of your water, because that was yeah. perfectly timed. So, um, <laughs> so finally, for, forty-three minutes in to the this TV special variety show is like really when Rue gets her first moment to shine because up until then she's kind of coming in and out. She's never the focus of any of the sketches or the musical numbers. Um, So I was so excited. They, they, for the first time spin one of the sets around to reveal this other set, which that took me back. Like you spin, you know, your, your sets are on wheels and you spin them around. Um, And it's like this cozy living room scene with green velvet chairs. There's a fireplace, stockings are hung, and she sits down um, in one of the chairs uh, to give a monologue. She gives this whole long monologue about her parents who were acrobats in the circus in Key Largo, and they would do this act during Christmas time. And again, like none of it was like 
ha ha funny. It was just like, oh, okay. That's interesting. Inter okay. Interesting. And then I don't know, but then she gets into a musical number and like, I love to see anytime she's going to sing. I love it. So uh, yeah, I think we have a clip from this moment. And then after dinner, we invited them all to come back over to the big top. And we put on a show, the likes of which you've never seen. Hey, P.T. Barnum had nothing on us when it came to the Christmas show. Mary was played by a snake-charming princess and the bearded lady was Joseph. The angels were members of the aerial team, soaring high on the flying trapeze. Children under age 10. So the circus midget was Jesus. The circus midget, little person, we should say, was Jesus. It was Dr. Jonathan Newman. Yeah. <laughs> it, I was like, I was like in 2001. We're, we, I, we probably we were. We probably were. Are, like, we probably this is why I was like, I don't know when this when did yeah, why is it but this I have a feeling we I have a feeling we definitely were. Um but I mean <laughs> it's so it's so it's so weird. <laughs> I will say the first time I was like, okay, I'm enjoying myself was um where they attempt to do the 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 nutcracker bit again because the sugar plum fairy has been injured um and they attempt to do it again they're going to replace her uh and also john ritter is the narrator yeah, they I, like yeah, cut to him in front of a green screen but he's playing himself yeah he's their special guest star via satellite which makes me wonder I guess John Ritter wasn't there. Also, what I loved is when they no, they he they, he taped it separately. Yeah, but when he, when they cut to John Ritter, they, <laughs> the camera doesn't show like a big screen on the stage. Doesn't show where the audience can watch John Ritter. It goes to the smallest television hanging in the sky, <laughs> like literally the smallest television. That when I saw it, I was like, "How is anyone ever going to see this?" <laughs> It was, yeah, it was one of those things where you could tell, like, when they would cut to John Ritter reacting, yeah. quote, reacting to what's going on on stage, you can tell they were like, they just gave him a series. They were like, okay, John, now uh, look amused. Now smile. Now, yeah. like, put your, you know, now rub your forehead. Like, oh, geez. Like, it was just all these random reaction shots. Also but I, even how though great John Ritter is. I love John Ritter. John yes. Ritter was oh, my gosh. I such a joy i used to love john ritter and rita rudner used to host these magic specials oh. on tv and the two of them together as hosts were so charming and mm. delightful my um used to be a like like you know end of life nurse hospice nurse but it wasn't quite with through hospice but it was that's what she did and I forget where in her career when it was, but John Ritter's father, I think, was also an actor. He was pretty well known or something. I forget. And I, I could be wrong on that. But my mother was John Ritter's dad's nurse at the end of his life. And mm -hmm. they kind of she met John and it was a whole it was a whole thing. And it was and she said he was the nicest person ever. And then I've met people since who have worked with him because he died suddenly, like 
in the middle of yeah. that show. What was the show he was doing? Something about my daughter, lessons about raising. It her. was Eight Simple Rules, yeah. which was created by Tracy Gamble, oh, yes. Golden Girls writer, yes, who we've yes, had yes, on the yes, podcast. Yes. yes. And he died suddenly, but everyone I've known who's ever worked with John Ritter said he was just the nicest guy. Yeah, I, I know. It was a bummer. He's gone too soon. So John Ritter is doing this narration for when they're trying to do the Nutcracker. Um, and there's been this discussion throughout the show, like, well, who's going to play the Sugar Plum Fairy? Because, you know, you have to do quite a bit of ballet for that yeah. part. Um, and in the scene prior to this, uh, the father, um, the, what's his name? Father, I don't, Vir Vigil, Virgil, 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 Father Virgil. Is his um, and she's he has to, with one of the nuns. Like he's the brother of one of the Sister Mary Leo. I forget. Anyway, he has to fill in for Sister Julia Child yeah. Uh -huh, yeah. in a cooking segment, which is Julie. It's he's doing Julia Child. Yeah. Um, there's a like a cut the cheese joke that feels really dated. Um, but anyway, he's he's I, I will give it to this actor. His energy in this sketch was really great. He's basically making like a fruitcake or something and he's drinking rum and he's getting progressively drunker i'm pretty sure he also said shit in the sketch yeah, which i'm like oh i feel like he probably wasn't supposed to say that so anyway the they do the nutcracker and when it's time for the sugar plum fairy to come out at the same time both rue mcclanahan and this drunk father i don't i want to call him a priest because he wasn't wearing like oh, a habit he was wearing the brown like a thing. like a brown yeah. yeah like a brown robe which i've never seen a priest wear before so i'm just going to keep calling him father no in sister Act two, the one guy did and he was a priest i think or maybe he was just one of the like people who pray all the time no i think he was yeah i'm just not used to priests look i don't know but anyway maybe that, that's just my own experience um so they both kind of come out at the same time wearing these pink ballerina costumes over their respective, their, you know, brown robe, their mm -hmm. habit. Um, and they're kind of like competing doing this ballet at the same time, which um, we're not going to play this clip because it's obviously it's just very visual. And warm, but it's if you're going to watch this, it's very funny. Like Fun. Rue doing ballet was really funny because her character is so uptight and you can tell like, cause I feel like Rue was really flexible. We saw on the show, she could like do splits yeah. and stuff. And when she would stretch her legs are wide open. So I, she was doing a really great job being uncomfortable and like not really flexible. And then toward the end of her kind of them competitively trying to do the sugar plum fairy dance, she was like, kind of on the floor doing this thing yes. it just reminded me of blanche getting tangled up in the microphone cord at the rusty anchor yeah. um and then the drunk father is like he comes back out at one point he is like legit he, this man is a trained ballet dancer because he was like up on the tippy toes yeah. dancing up on his toes which like do you think that you could even stand like that for like a oh, second no. i can barely i mean i can barely walk in shoes like I literally before we started I, recording, I pulled a B. Arthur and I took my shoes off. I I mean, I've worn the same pair of sneakers. Stan was giving me a hard time today because I've had the same like ever since the pandemic. And I've had a kid. So but I don't I have not bought myself clothes. Really? I don't I never put on I put on makeup if I have to do like a Zoom meeting or if I'm going to see friends. Like I have let myself go in like I have not worn 
a pair of, I have not worn a heel, nothing, nothing since early 2020. So I don't know that I could even walk in high heels anymore at oh, this you'll point. Be, you'll be fine. If I can, you can. I used, yeah, maybe, I don't know. But it's so impressive to me. I'm like, I, I tried. I was trying to entertain myself while I was watching it. And I, I couldn't, I was like, I don't, I can, I can't trying to get up on my toes. I can't get on my toes at all because I have like, I mean, I have like heel feet basically. So like from wearing heels, from doing drag, my feet are kind of fucked. But I can get on like my, the tops sort of. I'm doing it. Ow. Mm-hmm. Hurts, but I'm yeah, doing- careful. Don't hurt yourself. You don't want to end up like Sister Mary Julia no. Childs or whatever. No. So um, one of the other nuns, I'm just going to call her Sister Mary Brooklyn. I really enjoyed her. She was the one that plays the trumpet later. Amazing singer. All of these women, amazing singers. Um, She, oh yeah, she does a monologue and then they pull out a manger and they started singing, Oh, come all ye faithful. Now I told you this story on the podcast last Christmas, I believe about my history with, Oh, come all ye faithful and a very Brady Christmas movie yeah. and how that song triggers me yes. because Mike Brady was trapped in the rubble and it was yes. very scary. Is scary. So I did have, I did have a moment. I had to pause it and step away for a second and then come back and kind of fast forward it because I can't listen to Oh Come All You Faithful. You guys think I'm joking. When I hear that song, I have a physical reaction to it because Mike Brady was trapped under the rubble in Very Brady Christmas. Such a good version of it. Oh, God. I don't want to hear it. No, what are you doing? I just said it. I just said it. I have to say on, on my other podcast, you're making it worse. Whenever, because I, I can't sing, I cannot sing, and whenever I do sing, it, Elliot finds it. I co-host with Elliot Glazer, and Elliot f- finds it um, to be hilarious because I literally can't sing. I that was not the problem with what <laughs> just happened. What the problem with what just happened is that was that was crazy. I'm gonna just pop these women's names off for a moment. So sister, I, these women's names, I love this. So sister amnesia, sister Mary amnesia was played by Semenina, Semina de Laurentis, Semina de Laurentis. Yes. I know a de Laurentis, I think. (laughs) Um, And then sister, oh, who was, I can't remember who the, oh, sister Hubert was played by Bambi Jones. She does a song with Rue afterwards and it's amazing. Um, Okay, so let's see. Da, 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 da. Um, oh, that's right. So then Rue has this really fun duet with this other nun. This, this is, the, is my the favorite nun- part of the show. Yes, this is where it's really picking up. Played by Sister Hubert, Bambi Jones. So, again, incredible, phenomenal singer. They're singing a song about trying to recruit other women to join their convent because they've got a shortage. So, like, let's just play that because they were, I loved this duet. It's a wonderful life. Jimmy Stewart had it right. It's a wonderful life. That's why we'd like to invite you. A wonderful life that we're certain will excite you. A wonderful, wonderful life. Not think about your makeup. This is a place 
I mean, how fun. I love so fun. I love that part of the appeal is like, hey, if you don't want to worry about your makeup, come be a nun, which like, again, I feel like that's exactly where I am in my life right now. We kind of switched spots because like before the pandemic, I didn't wear that much makeup. And now I've like I'm the one wearing makeup and heels and stuff. And you're the one you're my old self and I'm turning into you. Yeah, we really are. We're just, we're zipping right past each other. Um, so yeah, that was really fun. Oh, and then they do like, everybody comes out and wears different hats and they're doing like the village people doing YMCA. And again, this is where I was like, this does not feel like 2001. Um, and then after this big musical number, um, they take a break so Rue can read an ad from one of their sponsors it's- off of cue cards. I, I, this is where I was like, okay, I feel like it's getting its footing. I was really enjoying it. Let's play that clip. Are you at a loss when it comes to choosing that special gift for your significant other? Well, there is an answer. It's confession. <laughs> The newest fragrance from Nonsense. <laughs> this specially created holiday fragrance will be available later in the program from our Catholic home shopping service. <laughs> Confession, it's good for the soul. The way she does the delivery of that is so... I mean, the thing, the thing what makes this an enjoyable watch, I will say, is that the audience you can tell are fans of nonsense. They've they've watched right. all of the other ones. I bet they're in it. You know what I mean. And they're probably a room full of Catholics. Uh, they be- are because Sister Amnesia asked like ten of them, and only yeah. one of them was like, "I'm not a Christian." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, what's great about it is the audience is responding to this sort of like tongue in cheek, funny thing that they're used to with the nonsense that might be foreign to us. Like the, it's not we're not getting it because we're not in the journey of this nonsense trilogy that existed mm-hmm. in the world without us. And, but they are, and that's, what's so joyful. And to see Rue McClanahan doing this delivery with her, her bit of a shaky voice with confession. It's good for the soul. I do. I did enjoy, you could tell she was making a choice with her voice, especially yeah. you could feel it in this one. I love the way she says, you know, are you at a loss when it comes to choosing that special gift for your significant other? Yeah. And it reminds me of in the Sandlot when Squint says forever. And it's just this really funny, tiny little dis- choice that she made as an actor that I loved. Um, I also love that because she's surrounded when all the other musical numbers in the show, she is surrounded by people who can sing. I mean, people who are yeah. like Broadway singers or like theater, musical theater singers. And, you know, Rue is not a singer per se. She's not necessarily someone who you would remember for her voice. We all know that from the Rusty Anka. But we, but it's what I love about it. And I'm not a singer. I'm completely tone deaf, as I just said. And I don't understand how any of it works. But I love it when non-singers sing in shows like this because there's a, a realness to it. There's a, you know, the joy of singing, which I love. I do love to sing. And it, that to me is what singing is. It's the joy of it. It's the joy of the performance. The ability to sing, that's a gift beyond me. I don't understand it. It's wonderful. It's a gift from God. I don't get it. But Mark, like seeing Rue McClanahan sing on that stage, she was having a great time. And that 
is what makes it a great musical performance, in my opinion. I think so. That felt like a golden takeaway almost. That was amazing. Oh! Um, so so they, they end up doing another bit with um, other things that they're selling, um, like uh, Moral Combat, a video game, Sister St. Victoria's Secret. Say moral Not- Combat? Yeah, it's a video game, Moral Combat instead of yes. Mortal Combat. Yes, yes. I, I missed that one. Mm-hmm. Um, there's St. Victoria's Secret Nunderbra, which I liked. <laughs> um, uh, Candy, Cain, and Abel. It was like, I'm going to kill you because <laughs> of the story of Cain and Abel. Um, and they, it's uh, he kids brothers. They killed him. It's dumb. Yeah. It's whatever. It's in the Bible. Um, so. <laughs> And then they're like, you can buy all of these things at Nonsense, www, because of course, .nonsense.com. I went to Nonsense.com. The website, not only did they make it, it's real. It is still working to this day, which is kind of impressive. All these, you know, 75 years later, it's a link to the show's website, but you can also buy Nonsense merch on there, which I thought was a really clever thing that they did. Oh my God. Did you see the picture on nonsense.com of Dan Guggen or Goggin who wrote, who's the writer director of nonsense? That man looks so joyful. Let me look. Oh, he does look incredibly joyful. So joyful. He looks like the guy who would volunteer at the, the local sort of pony ride thing. Yeah. So you can go to nonsense.com www and check it out. Um, so there's also a whole bit, again, that reminded me of a Golden Girls thing where um, the presents that went missing, it turns out Sister Amnesia gave them to a family that didn't have a lot of money. And the nuns are all pissed about it. Yeah. But in return, so she gave them the presents and the dad was like, well, I bought this lottery ticket, but it's not a winner. I, I feel like I have to give you something and gave it to them. And the nuns watch the live lottery drawing and they win $30,000. They win the lottery. And one of the nuns is like, let's give the ticket back to the family. They're in need. And Rue, her character of all people is like, no. And they're all talking about wanting to get like a Cadillac. And it was like, oh, I was like, this is when Blanche doesn't want to give the St. Olaf bonds back to Rose to save the town. Um. I'm sorry, but- I have to I, I have to interrupt. I have to interrupt because once once this moment made me go to nonsense.com, I have figured out I have found some things about nuncrackers, information about nuncrackers that has blown my mind. Okay. Oh my gosh. This just in. Do your breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. This production, television production, which aired on PBS. That's where it aired. I couldn't figure out where it aired. Well, I'm learning it from Dan Goggin's bio. I have no idea. Um, Received an Emmy nomination for Best Musical Score. Get out of here. I will not. You know who else also starred in a version, I guess, a version of Nonsense? I don't know which one. Which this makes perfect sense. And if anyone's going to take over the, the starring role of from Rue McClanahan of Nonsense after her passing you know god rest in peace um is uh vicky lawrence from mama oh, that, from mama's family that does line up she's and perfect. she is a singer as we know mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. that is a perfect a perfect replacement oh we should have dan goggin on the podcast maybe let's think about it that seems like a lot of work <laughs> <laughs> I love to do the bare minimum, which is just text with you, watch a thing, write my notes, and then 
and record. Those are the steps I can handle. That's funny. Um. So, so yeah, anyway, it, it's like, anyway, then they do a big musical number at the end. Yeah. Um. And again, like watch this musical number because Bambi Jones, who plays Mother Hubert, I think, oh my gosh, the vocals on mm-hmm. that woman um, it's really sweet. And then when the show ends, everybody walks into the audience and they shake their hands and they talk yeah. to them like over the credits and it's really sweet. And, um, yeah, this, yeah. this, this, sh- and that's the end. That's the end of it all one hour. I mean, we, it was long by, it was so it was long. so it was almost long. two hours or was it? Too I, long? It was, I think it was an hour 46. Cause yeah. I kept pausing to see how far along I was. Yeah. Um, it really, it felt like being pregnant where I, like <laughs> I was pregnant with little Oreo for a thousand months. They say yeah. it's 40, but it's not, it's, yeah. it's 40 months to people who aren't pregnant. But when you're pregnant, you are pregnant for thousands of months. And it just, it felt like that it felt yeah. like I was pregnant forever again. Um, but, but you described it perfectly earlier. I had both feelings of home and nostalgia and warm hugs, but also I was like bored and I was like, I want to leave, but I'm sitting in the front row and I can't get up because they will notice and say something. It's everything that is the holidays. It honestly yeah. is. It's, it's that mix of love and boredom and anger and frustration and joy and nostalgia. And it's like, to me, that is the holidays. And and that's kind of the vibe that I got from it. So if that's something you're into, dear listener, well, then watch this. I mean, because this might be right up your alley. Or at least just watch like the second half. If you're like, oh, I kind of want to get a sense of this. Watch the second half, like fast yeah. forward to the midpoint and then watch from there. I agree. The second half is much better. All much right. Better. Should yeah. we take a break and come back with our golden takeaways? Yes. We are back with a golden takeaway, which is a nugget of truth or inspiration that you can apply to your life or, or, or the lives of our listeners. Carrie, what's your golden takeaway? Okay, here's my golden takeaway. It has a tiny bit of backstory. So my brother-in-law, Stan's brother. Um, Very nice man. I've met him on multiple occasions and he yes. is a boy. Yes. I was like, what do we know about Stan on the Golden Girls brother? Oh, I guess we just know that he's impotent. That's it, right? I don't know that about about No, Ted. That's his name, Ted. Um, No, Stan's brother-in-law is great. He's younger than me. Um, He made that very awkward. (laughs) What? You just made that very awkward. Why? If he ever listens, because you're like, what was Stan's brother-in-law? What do we know about him? Oh, he's impotent. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, no. Anyway, so my show. brother-in-law. <laughs> he's not listening to this. He's got way better things to do. He's great. So, but he watches these very specific YouTube channels and has turned us on to them. And for anybody who's into like YouTube, I want to call them like documentarians, but like for Wait, very neat. Them. For very niche things yes. like the people who watch those right now when i say the names 
Jenny Nicholson, Drew Gooden, Defunct Land, they're all going, yes, 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 of course, I listen to all of them. Or you're listening and you go, I've literally never heard of those words. Anyway, Jenny Nicholson is a very funny, I don't even want to call her a YouTuber because she's so much more than that. But she has a video called the church play cinematic universe. Mm. And if you want to kind of get those same feelings of like watching a local town theater production, but you want to laugh. Yeah. Watch this video. Now it is long. Her videos are long, but they're very funny. And she uncovered videos of you this town show notes for this episode. I will post it in the show Watch. notes. Yeah. Every year, this town, they put all of their money into the church and it goes into this huge production of a, uh, of a, of a play of a musical. And they do it every year for different seasons, holidays. The productions are amazing because I actually spend a lot of money, but these plays are hilarious because they take them so seriously they they write like original things but they do they use like pop culture songs but i mean it's like but imagine them doing like the lion king but like simba is up on the cross like that (laughs) kind of shit where you're like oh my god somebody want to watch this i love that aspect of youtube i'm very much into there are some like there's this one i mean i'm of course in film and tv like that's my thing and there's this one channel called Be Kind Rewind, which I had her on my Newsweek podcast. And it's fantastic because it's all about like old Hollywood or Hollywood in general and Hollywood history stuff. And it does these deep dives. Also another podcast that I don't know if they have a YouTube component, but Sarah Marshall, you're wrong about. I had her on my Newsweek podcast too. And she does these deep dives into things that you likely have information wrong about. And it's just like, it's so satisfying and i'm so inspired by them i've actually contemplated doing a youtube channel where i'm not like on it i'm not the face of it but i'm doing like like my obsessive deep dives into sort yeah. of like the career mm-hmm. of vicky lawrence or why she matters exactly. or, I want to do one on or like mm-hmm. you know what i mean like the ones that like i genuinely am interested in these pop culture little tidbits that like who knows if anyone else cares but like I love the idea of producing a video where it's just like a voiceover of me just being like, this is why this matters. Yeah, it's the deep dives. And like Jenny Nicholson is sort of considered she's like the go to for theme parks. She's Mm. that she I mean, she does other types of videos. One of my favorite videos that she did, the title is called Well, I Didn't Like Joker. And it's so great. Uh, Defunct Land is like all about it's all about the like Disney. And it's about like it's about like different like defunct theme parks. There are some that are called defunct TV where it's like the history of a particular show that was on Disney for a while. His latest video is it's it's like three hours long again because they're deep dives. These people yeah. spend so much time researching and making these videos and they they make their money with ads and donations and they all have millions of views. But this guy did a deep dive. It, it started with, I want to find out who wrote a three note interstitial between Disney shows. Hmm. It's like, do, do, do. It's like that. And he was trying to figure out who wrote it. And in the, in the course of his investigation, it like takes these turns that you you're like, Oh my God. He like ends up down this rabbit hole where he's like, finds the guy that wrote it. But the guy's like lying about all this other stuff in his life. It is, it's wild, but it was all about, I'm just curious to know. I'm just curious to know who wrote this Disney interstitial theme song. Yeah. These these YouTube channels are absolutely incredible. Anyway, my brother-in-law turned me on to them, but we're going to link to the Jenny Nicholson Church Play Cinematic Universe because yeah. you will laugh a lot more than you did watching Nuncrackers. I, I, I will. I'll send it to you. 
Um, okay, so my golden takeaway is, and it just came about in the very last bit of us talking about nuns, nun crackers, is um, I'm surprised. <laughs> I am surprised. Sorry, that, I just realized how silly the name nun crackers is. I know, it is, it's very silly. And I always want to say nuns crackers, but it's like nun crackers, whatever. Um, I'm surprised Vicki Lawrence has never, was never on the Golden Girls in any capacity. I mean, I know she was on another show at the time that was in syndication, so like it wasn't, she wasn't competing necessarily, but like she was busy clearly. But I, I, she's so kind of like tangentially a part of the Golden Girls universe in that she's worked with, you know, Betty White and she's worked with Rue McClanahan and she's worked with all these people and she's probably worked with B. Arthur too on the Carol Burnett show at some point. I'm sure they had a, there was a moment there. So it's, I'm surprised she was never like on in any capacity as anything, you know, she would have been a great guest star. I love Vicki Lawrence. She also gets hives like I do. She has she's she's a sponsor of some organization with hives, which I didn't even know those existed, but I was surprised to see that. I love Vicky Lawrence. Her social media makes me very happy. Another one, this is random and has nothing to do with Vicky Lawrence, but I have to say it. I love Marie Osmond on TikTok. Why? Why am I obsessed with Marie Osmond on TikTok? I don't know. She has discovered TikTok. She posts the most the weirdest TikToks. She did some mustard thing the other day that I was obsessed with. Now you're going to have to send me this. It's so weird, but I can't, I just, I get notifications now because I watch your video so much. TikTok is like, yeah, you need these notifications. It tells you, Marie Osmond posted a new TikTok, click here. So to answer your question, as you were saying that, because we've also talked about why Angela Lansbury wasn't on and like, and yeah, you think like, well, Mary Tyler, you know, Mary Tyler Moore wasn't on. And I have to wonder if it's because those women were all such a huge presence that it would actually be really hard yeah. to balance them with the star power of the four women, that that would be no too one. much star power. And the only time they ever did it was Debbie Reynolds. And I think they were that. testing, I think they were testing the waters to see if B. Arthur left, could Debbie Reynolds be folded in? I truly think that I they- I don't think she even got an applause break. At least we didn't hear it on the show um, in that episode. I don't think she ever did. I think it was- she was just sort of an accepted character. You know what I mean? Like she didn't come in and there was like this applause, like a Bob. Yeah, I don't remember if there was, but 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 I think that that's, maybe that's why you didn't have these big names, like big comedic actors on just because it, it would have been too much. And it's like, how do you balance? You've got your perfect four, you know? It's like you have Will, Grace, Jack, and Karen. Yeah. And like, you can't get bigger than that, even though Debbie Although Reynolds was did. on that show. But... They, and they did get bigger than that because they were known for their guest stars. Like they're yeah. they want guest stars. Yeah, um, I guess that's true. But maybe that's why maybe the show just, yeah. it was just too I much to that. do. It also just didn't, it probably didn't make sense naturally. Like I'm sure they could figure out a way to get Mary Tyler Moore there. But if Mary Tyler Moore walked on set, it would shut down the scene. Yeah. yeah. And she's not going to have, I feel like, well, sometimes with, bigger guest stars maybe on will and grace they had like arcs and they were recurring but like yeah. for a single episode you know how are you gonna like mickey rooney they had mickey rooney on and i don't think he was i mean he was a big star of course but i don't think i don't think he even got the applause break that you would expect from from a big star coming on a show you know yeah no i mean yeah. that you got julio iglesias and mr bart reynolds they did go crazy okay. for julio iglesias but that was more because of the moment the build-up of sophia yeah. like, going you know what i mean like mm-hmm. that was that was yeah. definitely that. Anyway, that was the episode. Wow. You know this I, was... I literally said at the beginning of this episode, I said, oh, well, we're going to breeze through this because we're not going to care about all of it. Like, we're only going to care about the root parts. 
this is now a full like hour episode I you yeah I think you were worried this wasn't going to be long and I was like is this going to be too long because I got a lot of stuff to talk about so yeah yeah well everyone wow thank you for taking this trip around the sun with us um (laughs) we will in keeping up with uh December holiday beyond golden girls we will be back next week with another beyond golden girls holiday themed project this is the last episode before uh, well, it's Hanukkah right now, but before Christmas, right? Yeah. yeah oh my I guess God. So. Well, happy holidays. Happy Hanukkah. Merry oh Christmas. All gosh. of the things. I hope everybody oh. has a safe, a safe holidays. If you're traveling, safe travels. And, staying and in LA, right? Yeah, I'm not going anywhere. Now we're going up to San Francisco on, we're, I believe we're driving on Saturday, on Christmas Eve. So we'll be driving up there on Saturday. Fun. Well, hopefully the roads will be pretty clear because I feel like I a lot of people so. are flying out. And yeah, well, I feel like everyone out. leaves on the 23rd. You know what I mean? Like they drive the night of the 23rd if they're going anywhere local. So I'm hoping that maybe on the 24th it won't be so crazy. But who I knows? think you'll be okay. I think you'll be okay. Wow. Well, wow. wow. Everyone. Guys, you can <laughs> listen to us on the hoo-ha-has. You know where to find the hoo-ha-has. They're fantastic and you should go there. You should listen to all their other fantastic podcasts. You can also follow us on all the social media at golden girls pod on twitter out on the lanai official on instagram golden girls pod on facebook and i am hln scott slash city pines on everything and i'm squidzy on instagram and squid eat squid on twitter and if you have a moment please rate and review us wherever you get the podcast because the more ratings we get the more the show will get bumped up and the more people will discover it and join our lovely kick-ass community of golden girls fans i try to lip sync you doing that um, and as always, remember, stay, stay golden. golden. Happy, holidays. happy holidays. We did it at the same time. Oh, come on. <laughs> Why? I just said it. I, I, oh, you, you really don't know what you're doing to me. Just because you step away from the mic doesn't make it any any more okay okay just hit well, stop because we're going to have a conversation step away from the mic because my voice is annoying. <laughs> Hit stop on this now. See the biggest gift would be for me and the car.